0: Hello, I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you're listening to VCR.
1: Again, thank you. It's always a pleasure to find out people are listening.
0: And, and returning. We always want that return service. Service with a smile, wouldn't you say, Carlo? Oh, and you yeah, s- you gotta have the repeats. Exactly. And not speaking of smiles, let's talk about someone who brings a smile to our faces. If I may begin by saying, Vada... Happy John Candy Day! Thank you, and Happy John Candy Day to you too. I mean, what a what a better way to start off this program than John Candy? A little a little love from for for someone
1: uh, gone many years at this point, but well well loved in comedy and film, and we're both big fans. The, and uh, and especially in his in his uh, native uh, Canada, uh, Halloween. October 31st in Canada is officially in, I believe in the city of Toronto, officially John Candy day. They made that an actual, like it's, it's the 31st. Everyone get together. Remember him on his
0: birthday. You know, who was great. John Candy.
1: (laughs) Which is amazing.
0: And you know what? He He really was was great. He really was great. And it's, uh, it's a shame that he left us so early. Uh, But maybe some of our listeners don't really know that. So, let's start off with maybe something a little basic let's let's give our listeners for those who don't know an idea who is john candy i mean what what is a john candy because it's not a candy i assure you
1: uh though known for being a very sweet man canadian the, the he was part of the wave of like canada comedy sweeping into i think it's like the 70s and the 80s sweeping into america like the reason we we ever had an SNL is that they had like three or four people from Calif- uh, from uh, California, and then they just stole a bunch of Canadians like Dan Aykroyd and such mm-hmm. and swapped them over, um, and that and that became like that was a big boom in, in comedy for a period that ended up being a part of uh, Ivan Reitman and uh, the the Ghostbusters and the like a lot of the
0: eighty like um, Stripes and. Uh, say, oh yeah, uh, you have stripes. You had, uh, but the, that troupe is based on a lot of amazing Canadian actors, and John Candy is one of them. So it's it's people like John Candy, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd. Um, you have other Eugene Levy. I did not know yeah. that until I was doing research in this. Was part of that troupe. So you have these amazing, brilliant uh, comedians who
1: came. The Second City comedy troupe. Mm-hmm. The sister Second City comedy troupe in
0: in in, uh, in Canada, mm-hmm. attached to the Chicago Second City, uh, comedy. Yeah, troupe. and it's it's truly And that's where uh, John Candy ends up meeting some of these other really wonderful uh, professionals and makes these other connections, like with Bill Murray. And uh, uh, unfortunately, the guy who kind of starts his downward spiral is uh, the Mr. Bellucci there, uh, but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, for those of you who are already familiar with that name. <laughs> but, the, uh... but he it was just, uh, he was a brilliant, brilliant actor. And yeah. I think we need to do everyone a service and just kind of mention a little bit of his filmography because he is truly iconic and he's starred in some really amazing movies and you jump in there and you tell me when I forget an amazing movie, Carlo. Uh, but my, one of my personal favorites, and I've mentioned it on the, on the show before, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
1: Considered broadly as one of the best comedies ever in, uh, in American
0: fil- uh, filmmaking. It, 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 Deservedly it, so, like inarguably belongs there. Yes. And John Candy, and Steve Martin make that movie, but John Candy is just brilliant in that movie. Uh then you also have, of course, a something that a lot of people try to uh you know, they, they associate him a lot with this movie, but he's beyond that movie is Uncle Buck, which was good. Mm-hmm. And then they I'm try to do comments. uh they tried to do a remake of it later on, uh, that I don't think went as well <laughs> because it's not John Candy, you know. Uh, but there's Uncle Buck and then you also had Brewster's Millions and he was he was also oh Spaceballs oh my god yes barf oh my god he (laughs) was amazing as barf but you know it wasn't just him in like every single big name movie and he was carrying it he did a lot of like just appearances too so for like example he comes out in Little Shop of Horrors as just kind of a a small role in that, yeah, uh, he Little was cameos because he had, he knew so many people before they were big, mm-hmm. himself
1: included. Like he was, he's not like disappearing in the background, but they all sort of showed up at the same uh, these weird crucible moments mm-hmm. of like of SNL and SCTV where they just sort of all there, like okay, we're all really gifted and we're all going places. So they would just call each other up, like, hey, John, do you want to come over and like do a cameo? Sure, I'll put on weird little glasses and I'll walk in, make a do a little, uh, do a little silly scene, and then go home. And it'll be fun. It'll be great to see Eugene again. Like, and they all sort of had this. And I think personally, I think this is a big part of the uh, the American idea of like that the happy, kind kind of will put up with your their their shitty neighbors. Canadian John Candy was kind of the epitome of that. Yeah, where it doesn't matter how mean you were, how crappy you were, <laughs> it gives a good natured chuckle mm-hmm. and lets you go on your way. Right, <laughs> like instead of just like beating you because the dude was like, like well over six feet and t- over two, like two fifty. Like he could, he could knock you to the
0: ground. He, he was originally going to, before he went into comedy, he was in football. Yeah. He was an athlete. He originally, before he started his uh, film career, this really brilliant career, um, he originally wanted to be a football player in Canada. And due to a really bad knee injury that of course ended up uh, crushing those dreams and ends up getting into theater and into comedy troupes, and this is where this is a way to just pass the time exactly and this is where he starts building this amazing career in film and and television and you know that's one thing i loved about this guy he wasn't you have so many actors nowadays it's like they start off small screen and then they go big and they refuse to go back to, to small or they think it's beneath them. But he wasn't like that. He would do small and big screen. And he did not care because uh, he was just what I would imagine a, a professional, like a man who loved what he was doing. And his work ethic was supposed to be legendary. Yeah, he I heard. It he was amazing. He, seriously. Yes, he, I heard. And he, I don't know if it was
1: luck of the draw um with a couple of notable exceptions very rare i i have a whole angry rant about it later i'm sure um with a couple of notable noble exceptions. for the most part it looks like he just got these great parts mm-hmm. and like oh he got lucky he got this great part in space like, and, and yes these are great parts that he got but they were all very much something he made the, he made his own and
0: really? i think
1: because he always signed up for it he looked at it he didn't look at it as like oh i'm in a steve martin vehicle He was like no i'm del griffith i have an incredibly sad thing in my life that's knotted me up that i can't escape so i'm just going to go out of my way to try and like be to, to try and push a little too hard to make friends and to be nice to people and it's works as long as i'm not around too long so i have to keep moving i have to keep moving i i don't get to be comfortable with anybody Mm-hmm. and he this like rich thought process to what could have just been the annoying guy like if any other uh, a lot of other actors could have been signed up for that character and just been the annoying guy and at the end oh he's sad I guess we'll be nice to him and that's the end of the movie mm-hmm. John Kennedy always has it the whole time he was that, per- oh, yeah. that person he, that, that truth was always there because he always put in that much work no matter how silly the character is supposed to be and I, I and i think that's that
0: always shines through. Yeah, i mean it, his his professionalism was just amazing and uh, has to be mentioned when we talk about John Candy. And the other thing that has to be mentioned is just again we we've talked a little bit about his his filmography which the stuff we mentioned that's not even the cherry on top of it or even the sprinkles. That man has had an amazing career. But you know what, I think is so fascinating about John Candy is this is a man who, dare we say, made it into Hollywood against all odds. You know, if you think about it, and, and you jump in, correct me if I'm wrong there on my train of thought, but if you think about it, he's a really, really heavy set man right well, yes <laughs> you know he's he's a huge man and they, they used to say that uh, towards later on his his weight was ranging from like 275 to like 330 type of thing uh, so he's a big man and he's like six something like you said but he was a man who got you know roles regardless of his size because in Hollywood you know that's that's a really big deal it's like oh my god you're just you're you're not what we're looking for physically you're not what we want physically but John Candy went out there and he had role after role and and he starred amongst some of the most uh, beautiful leading ladies and he was just as convincing as convincing can be you know he was just the jokes jokes appeared yeah yeah Jokes were there. There would be a joke
1: where he like he's like trying to pick something up and he's knocking things over because he's fat. Mm-hmm. Those jokes would happen. Absolutely. Yeah. But they felt like something that happened like on the day. They were like, Would it be funny if I knock this over? Because, you know, I'm pretty fat guys. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But a lot of his movies, that wasn't the that wasn't the like that wasn't important. Like it wasn't <laughs> like why that he was cast. Mm-hmm. Uh and not to like take away from other from other comedy uh favorites. Um Please cut out when I when I had this little stroke and I can't remember the name of Chris Farley. <laughs> there there are other like bigger guys that became like uh, comedy favorites and titans of the industry like <laughs> Chris Farley. But you know when they were writing a scene and they had Chris Farley in mind, or when Chris Farley showed up and the audition, like we're making this Chris Farley, the joke was he was fat. Like the main joke was the fat guy's gonna fall through the table. But there was a lot of a lot of movies like barf in Spaceballs doesn't need to be fat yeah it's not a, rely on it who's harry crumb a lot of jokes in that is mm-hmm. about when he plays the the detective a lot of it is that he's like a, a clumsy fat guy mm-hmm. sure but it's it wasn't like but that wasn't the the go-to joke for him he would have his whole his whole character arc mm-hmm. uh irv and cool runnings where he's like the uh the jamaican bobsled yes team, that's right 50 coach he was funny because he just he was he played the I smoke a cigar, I drink whiskey, I want to make you a star, and he's kind of a piece of shit, and <laughs> it's still funny. It's still, it's it's still yeah. a, heart, a heartfelt role. It's still it's a serious movie. I don't I it, it's a drama with funny bits more than it's a comedy by far, but it was never oh we'll, we'll need a fat guy. It was like we need John Candy.
0: Yeah, it would, you, and you're absolutely right. He was he was an actor and a comedian who was more than just physical comedy. And uh, examples of that are going to be like how you mentioned Chris Farley. Chris Farley, David Spade, you know, uh, it's the classic formula of Laurel and Hardy. Uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, skinny guy, big guy, physical comedy ensues, you know, laughs. That's what comedy comedy like, you know, like uh, Chris Farley when he does that um, fat guy in a little coat and then he tears the coat, you know because you know it was, oh. was going to happen but it was physical based comedy and I
1: comedy 10 like a one and a zero so there's a round one and a skinny mm, one yes and the big one does something like does something and falls over and the other one rolls their eyes
0: mm. yeah <laughs> exactly but candy had range and he had depth and mm-hmm. he could get out there and he could do exactly like you said in cool runnings be that coach manager trainer guy and take this group of jamaicans who probably had no business trying to bobsled but but turns them into a a winning bobsledding team and he does it (laughs) and he does it it. well they but you know he did they didn't win but But
1: they they went to the olympics they went to the goddamn olympics yes
0: and they did something that no one else thought any that they were going to do and he brings really great life and range into that character and yeah. same thing with, with all of his shows. And, and I think one of the most heartfelt ones, and I always go back to Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, because his role in that like really touched me. Because mm. he's, he's a very relatable guy, and he makes his characters very relatable. But the next one that I got to say is one of my all-time favorites, and, and I, I get mad at myself because I don't watch it enough, is Only the Lonely. Yes. That was such a good one. And that one was so Ali heartfelt. Sheedy, isn't it? Huh? Ali Sheedy, isn't she the the? It's it's because
1: it's kind of a very soft, uh, a very gentle kind of love story, like a kind of it sad, is a little love story. And I think it's Ali Sheedy. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Um,
0: yeah. But you know the but other again thing, like not the leading man type traditionally. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, he he's not the leading man, physical character that we would think of for a rom-com or a light Mm. love story Uh, you wouldn't think John Candy but he does such an excellent job in that movie and I think one of the beautiful things about that movie is he's relatable to like well let's say I'm gonna say like how a lot of men feel because not all of us are out there and we're not all in the gym and we're not all you know fucking so steroidal that we can't turn our necks Uh, you know (laughs) some of us are or, or, or
1: whatever whatever like uh stamp of approval society gives men because it it's it does that to every single person on the planet uh all of media is trying to convince us that we're we don't look the right way we're not the right height we're not this we're not that and we're not allowed to be outside that arena um and rom- romantic comedies uh and rom and romance in general are cruel seriously oh, yeah. viciously cruel to people because you only deserve love if you look like one of these three stars yes and that's all that's the like that's like the that's like at the the tip of the spear for most romantic movies <laughs> no better it, that, look like the person and, and even when it's like well one person's gonna be like a pretty average guy because he's funny they don't really do it the other way but she better be a knockout otherwise why are we bothering like that's yes it's no one's saying it's not worse for women. It super is. He wouldn't ordinarily get that role. He would not be the first some person people would think to cast. And like, oh, we're gonna have this like sad romance movie. Who should we get? Someone, someone really like sexy. No, let's get someone who can do heartfelt. Let, let someone can do <laughs> yeah, let's someone who can act. Do it. Yeah, let someone who can act. Like, well, how many crunches do they do? Not as important if they as, as, as whether or not they can fucking act. I know. And I think for that, and and a lot of his roles, for me, it's this is a through line for almost all of his roles. Or I'll just say many, many of his roles. There is a sadness and a perseverance. And a yeah. lot of his characters has yeah. this like, I'm a it's a very lonely person, or it's someone who has had like great tragedy or great personal loss, or even like and and not always and sometimes self-inflicted, sometimes and many times it's not. Just they lost, they they didn't win, they they went their life is not where they wanted to be and they're making do with a, a, a nice lighthearted chuckle. Like it, it just, uncle Buck is the, I'm the black sheep of the family. Uh, I don't get to see my sister. I have, I have, I have a, a niece and a nephew. I have no relationship with them. Uh, the only reason they're calling uncle Buck to help save the day when the parents can't get back to the kids is they have no other choice then he gets the nod to come in and be a fam- a member of the family like we are so desperate we will let you uncle buck into our family that's how desperate we are it is and he goes in with and he is the like he has the racing form one hand the cigar in the other big trench coat like i don't know how to deal with kids but you don't buy for a moment you 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 buy excuse me you buy completely you don't believe for a moment that he's not 100 committed to taking care of these kids. He doesn't know how. Like, he doesn't have a point of reference. Like, I don't take care of kids. I don't have children. That's not who I am. But that's my family. So when he shows up, he's 100% committed to them right away. He is trying his best, and it's not funny because he hates these fucking kids in his way. He's like, well, when I was a kid, you know what I would like? Because I'm a big fat guy? I want a pancake the size of a fucking tire. Mm -hmm. So he makes Macaulay Culkin a a pancake the size of a tire. Because like, I only know how to make pancakes. And I thought it'd be funny because it's a, uh, it was a celebration. So we're going to make one giant pancake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that work? And they're like, yeah, we love it. And someone's mean to the family. And that's when he shines. Cause now he's like, I can know, I know how to do that. He, he, he always had like a sadness. He was always persevering, surviving in spite of it. And there was always the like reaching out for people that deserve, like he wanted, there's always like, I wanting love back, but also those who deserve it, I'm going to just, I'm going to flood them. Mm-hmm. If you deserve my love, if you want to deserve John Candy's
0: love, you get all of it. You're getting all <laughs> this John Candy. Yeah. I think, um, I th- and I think you're right. And I think that um, with John Candy, he is what I want to say the every man. You know, in a lot of his movies, whether they're the serious roles or the comedies, he is the everyman like you look at um, a, a theme in Trains, Planes and Automobiles and Only the Lonely. It's the concept of wanting to be loved you know being a certain type of person and wanting to be loved in trains planes and automobiles he kind of plays i don't want to say an obnoxious person but he's someone who's out there really trying to find somebody because he's lonely and only the lonely he's really trying to connect with this woman but he has these esteem issues because a his mom and then b because of his weight so i think it's something that is relatable to a lot of guys out there because I think a lot of guys go through that. Uh, hopefully not so much the mom thing, but, you know, I think, I think a lot of us go through the, damn, I'm, I'm fat. I need to do something about this. You know, uh, I need to lose this beer belly or or whatever. You know, I think we all kind of go through that. And I think John Candy is kind of that champion of, Hey, I'm the every man and I'm a positive person. I'm a good person, and regardless of my weight, I end up with with the girl. And I think that kind of gives people, uh, let's just say, uh, like me, a little bit of hope. Because you know, I'm, I'm a chubby guy. You know, you know that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we shared a stage together and everything else. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hiding that. You know, I got
1: when when we share a stage, they don't they don't have room for other people.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> like you <laughs> know, <nice>. it's like. <laughs> No one else can be squeezed into the stage with, along with us. Uh, but, you know, uh, Carlo,
1: no stage left. I am stage left. Like,
0: uh, I am the fucking stage. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's just one of those things where I think he was very relatable to to that type of person, that kind of audience. I think that's also why people really loved him because I mean it, 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 everyone has that. Everyone has a struggle of some sort with that. Yeah. Where there's
1: I wish I had this. I wish I was that um and that's why i'm not a leading man that's why i didn't get the promotion that's why i didn't get the girl the guy uh why i didn't get with them whatever like he works so well as an as an every man because everyone can like know i'm not perfect but if i was overall a better person not because of looks not because of money not because of height, whatever reason that you feel you're held back and and you arguably are i definitely like i it holds. It does hold you back. It, it's like the things that may that that are hard for you. Mm-hmm. They hold you back, but they don't have to keep you there. They're they're they slow you down. But if you if you have that positivity, and that good natured chuckle, you can be a better person, and in, in the ways that matter. <laughs> and I exactly. think he, he exemplified that not just in his movies, often in his movies, but also in his in his real life. Like we mentioned earlier, originally going into football. Ne- never thought of theater, film, or, t- or television. Took got and a disastrous accident, or not, not disastrous accident because he didn't walk, but he couldn't mm-hmm. play. That was that was over. Mm-hmm. The entire trajectory of his life was gone, and he was good. Like he was, he was, he was going to be uh, play football in Canada. Even at, um, at the time of his death, he was still part owner of the Argonauts, I believe. Yeah, Canadian football <laughs> team. He loved football, mm-hmm. Um but he to kind of spend wild, away's, uh, wild away the hours in a day, he's like, I guess I'll look into theater. So I'm gonna do, cool, made his career. And he just jumped tracks into this completely other thing. Again, with that good natured chuckle, like I didn't get, I thought it didn't go that way. But instead of just, and I guess I'll, guess I'll die. No, positivity, <laughs> like, you know what? I'm gonna go do something cool. I'm gonna try something new that I didn't, that I, I didn't know anything about before. Turns out I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. And he and he was. It was brilliant. Man. We would have been so much poorer because I would have never heard of John Cannon if he went into football. Mm-hmm. I the movies that, that wouldn't exist if he hadn't, hadn't done that. Uncle like Uncle Buck, again, one of my favorite movies is absolutely like how I want to treat those I care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a it's a blueprint for me. Like if I ever become an uncle, um, that is exactly the, I would be Uncle Buck. I'll take care of you. I'm not going to be. I'm not. I will make sure you're happy. The teacher uh, is giving you shit unfairly. I'll go in there and tell her. Have I'll give her a quarter so she can go down and have a rat chew something off her face. I'll have that conversation. For those who aren't going to have have those those who can't say that, I will say it. I'll be your Uncle Buck. Mm -hmm. Guy gets handsy. I'll show up with an axe. I'll have that conversation with him. That's how I can show you I
0: care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think. You know, I think this is a good segue to kind of going back into, let's look at the life of John Candy. What kind of made John Candy, John Candy? So let's go back to something that that you said about John Candy earlier, and let's look at how his life, kind of the basis for what I think his his acting is. You know, he had a very tragic life, almost very much like a Greek tragedy. You know, you have this guy who's this brilliant, amazing actor, has a great film career and, and everything else. And yet his personal life was very, very sad. And I think his personal life really does kind of reflect in some of the roles that he chooses or that he puts um, gets placed into because he brings that sweet sadness, but yet overcoming into the roles that he does and i think it's only fair for maybe we start off with with his life you know what was john candy's life and i think one of the the things to kind of start off is um when he was five his father died of a massive heart attack and his father was in his 30s, which we'll come <clears throat> back to that a little bit later. So his father was in his 30s, had a heart attack, passed away. But he grew up with this fear and this idea in the back of his head that his dad passed away of, of this heart attack. And it's something that, or what they called back then a frail heart back in the days, Um and that he passes away of this. And apparently, that's something that's stuck with him throughout his whole life. Is really? is this his dad dying of that, of that heart attack? And then he goes off because his mom uh, needs more means to take care of them, and they move in with his uh, his grandparents. And he has a modest life. And then, of course, he focuses on an athletic career. Right. And uh, that ends tragically because I think they say his knee was crushed or something like that in a, but either way it, it, it kills off his football career. And then from there, you know, of course, as we've mentioned, he gets into comedy and excels at comedy. Yeah. But he's starting to develop fame and everything else. And then this is where the other problem comes in a little bit later uh, meeting up with the uh, wild guys that he is, like Mr. Bellucci, ends up becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol and all these other fun things. Uh, not that they're fun things, know, kids. I do not <laughs> know. He, I didn't know he had a he had a drug problem or anything. Guys. He did. Yeah. It was re- You um, and you want to know what um, later on um, after Bellucci dies, he but... gives up cocaine at that point. Because he had he had a cocaine addiction. That's a good wake up call. Yeah, because Bellucci dies in his, I want to say his thirties, and of course, him. John looked at him as not just a friend, but also as a, a comedic hero of his. And when he died because of obviously, um, an overdose, John at that point decided to give up cocaine. But he still struggles with with the other issues such as alcoholism, and he's a chronic smoker, and all these other things. And then eventually, I think it kind of led into a bigger form of obesity, because now he starts eating his emotions type of thing. And uh, so his health becomes a big problem at, at some point, too. And that's one of the things that they mention about him is that he struggles with his weight a lot because, you know, everything that's going on in his life. But, you know, dealing with these other comedians who were addicts and love the uh, late night life, you know, (laughs) he he got involved with that and, and, and he ends up struggling with addiction for a good part of his life as well. And sadly, in the end, now it wasn't so much the addictions that take him out, but they contribute—you know—that party lifestyle, the fact that he smoked every day, um, the alcoholism—to why he ends up it's having, the a, yeah, why he ends up having a uh, fatal heart attack at age forty-three. Yeah. And and that really blew my mind because I, you know, I'm I'm forty-four. And I was like, "Wow, he he made it to forty three, and, and yeah. passed away, which which is just tragic because you know it, you know I feel that there's so much more he could be doing right now. Um, not that I'm saying any of that's his fault or anything like that. You know, we've as as actors, me and you, have partied pretty hard in our time. True, <laughs> uh, but that, that happens. Yes, but... it does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am I you know condemning what he did i'm not i'm just saying it, it's tragic it's that tragedy of it that yeah. he was taken from us at such a young age um but you know I, I guess one could say the same about uh mr Bellucci there too you know he was uh he was really great loved him in blues brothers which Bellucci and candy were both in uh, the original blues brothers together mm-hmm. and it would they were fabulous in in that movie, absolutely fabulous. Uh, but again, you know, you have this uh, addiction, I'm sure that came into play on that show. <laughs> that, uh, yes. that was the seventies. <laughs> yeah, it was the seventies, everyone was on the seventies
1: and eighties, everyone
0: was doing coke, it's fine. Yes, basically. And and then it ends up taking away what I feel is one of the greatest comedic actors ever, is is John Candy. And, There's plenty more he could have done. But. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and me and you were talking about this before the show, and it, it's kind of sad. And I'll, I'll let you elaborate on it more than, than what I will because you saw them and I did it. Um, the last two movies he went out on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that, yeah, just kind of sums it all up, guys. <laughs> it's kinda, it it kind of does. I, I know you don't want to tackle it. I know I'm trying. I, to avoid I'm it. gonna. I know right. you're avoiding it, but I'm gonna the bring you back movies. to it. The last movies of John Candy. Okay, Canadian Bacon <laughs> and Wagons East. Um,
1: night, and folks. I think the, the reason <laughs> the reason I don't, I for me, the reason they don't work is that they're not John Candy movies, and not to say he could, he didn't have range because he absolutely did. Look at his film picks three movies uh, in his filmography, and you'll see. i I could give you the list he has great depth he has great range you know he could even do serious roles he approached everything with such seriousness yeah um but this he plays in in on a level he plays the same character fat obnoxious american telling everybody what to do Mm -hmm. that's like that's canadian bacon it's is a satire about um uh canada and america going into like a war like the very early stages of like an invasion and he is a an American sheriff that's leading an invasion into Canada. So he makes so it, it should be funny, but he he dresses up as an American, uh, like podunk little town, uh, trumper sheriff, <laughs> going to fuck with Canada. So he's like, I'm gonna dress like one of the Canadians. So he puts on like a scarf that says "I love Canada," mm-hmm. and like and he's just rude to everybody, saying like, "You're gonna do it because you're Canadian." Like, well, we don't want to start any trouble so they go along with him because he has a gun like it's that it's not funny <laughs> like it's just, sorry michael Moore. it's not funny um and uh, wagon's east uh, is the i heard uh, it it's bomb. a parody of yeah it's it it a total bomb from my understanding which he he has bombs that are cult classics one of my favorite movies of all time is um, was his biggest i think one of his biggest financial play, uh, failures um this, I mean, this was too, but he, he wasn't making money. He was dead. He was free of it. Um, but the idea is it's a parody. It's like a satire of the Lewis and Clark journey from, uh, from the East to the uh, Western shores of America of the manifest destiny thing where they're going across, I guess, right. right. Was gonna, they had an, an, an Indian guide, all that. Um, but wagons East is like, this is hard. Let's go home. Hmm. That's it. Exactly. That's, it's the same it movie. Was, it's was the same story, but in reverse. We were, we we're trying to get back home, so they're trying to lead an expedition to go back to the East because California sucks. So it was this, like, weird... I think there was some element, that, that kind of element... And it should have been good because uh, his... Um, No,
0: I can't think of a reason why it should have been good. I get it.
1: No, and and oh, you know, thing about it, the, the theme of like we want to like we want to leave California and go back east might be. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I There's mean, I think I don't know. <laughs> think
0: the whole premise, is my understanding, is, is that these people who went east to west, and then they found out that being in the west and the frontier life was too hard, so now they want to go back east, and then hmm. that's supposed to be this you know comedy. In between, very forgettable. I, I I heard that you know the critics didn't like it. It bombed in the box no. office. It was not. It was sadly not a good movie to go out on. And, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what kind of kills me. I guess you can't have them all winners. I I, I think that's something yeah. that we all know is that you can't have them all winners. I just wish it was not those two that he went out on. <laughs> because that that's the beauty of what he did you know they they finish up around the same time because he was a man who worked consistent he loved loved working you know he loved working and and he did uh he finished up Canadian Bacon jumped into Wagons East uh they both hit uh around the same time if I remember um and I think Canadian Bacon did better than obviously Wagons East Wagons East was just a massive flop and didn't go it anywhere. was just it was just a go, it was just gonna be a disappear like it happened yes. no one was ever to see it again something happier carlo i can tell uncle buck is your favorite of the john candy movies right absolutely absolutely what what's another one that just kind of brings a, a smile to your face
1: um I think I mentioned this uh, last time when we, were ta- on, when we were talking about John Hughes, which is obviously how we got to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched The Great Outdoors. Mm, that's uh, right. John that's Candy right. and uh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Dan again. <laughs> yep.
0: In they're something, in, that, in something, something better. In something yeah. better.
1: <laughs> uh, and uh, John Candy is the aw shucks everyman. He, is, he has a couple of kids. He has his wife. They're going out to the woods because as a kid, he would go out to these woods And, uh, on, and it's like a little, like a little tourist trap town where they have cabins that you rent out and you, you you rough it a little bit, but there's also, you can also take a drive into town and go to a carnival because that happens in the movie. And he's going because he wants to have a little simple rustic weekend. That's what he wants. He wants to like go to the, uh, go on the, out on the lake a little bit and a, and a canoe. He wants to have, like, get some hot dogs over the grill. Um, hey guys, hey kids, look, a raccoon. We're going to watch from inside where there's air conditioning. Like that sort of very suburban kind of approach. And his, his teenage son is like, ra- who wants to go talk to girls, is not too into it, but he's try- he's like, I'll, I'll try, Dad. I'll try. The wife is, it's an 80s, so she's just sort of there, but she's trying to be a supportive, good wife. Uh, she's like, I'm, I know she has some character. The actress is pretty good in it, but she doesn't have a lot to do because it's the 80s. They didn't think to write or anything. Um, and then Dan Aykroyd shows up as the brother-in-law, and he's the the slick businessman. He's made a million in real t- in, in, in the real estate market, and like in he's investing, and you know he's investing something. That '80s slimeball guy, and he shows up, and he just thinks each thing is dumb. Why would you get a canoe when you get some horsepower? And he gets a a, a speedboat. Um, hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. Like why would you get hot dogs? Like, I got Maine lobster. That's two hundred and fifty pound, or whatever he says. Like we brought lobster. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, that's what we're eating, lobster tails. He's like, oh, I liked liked hot dogs. I wanted, I guess I'm an asshole. I went camping, I brought hot dogs. I guess that makes me a piece of shit. He's like, it does, though. Everything he wants to do, Dan Aykroyd's character wants to do, like, on a big, expensive, 80s dickhead version of it. Um, And they slowly, like, he's slowly just driving him more insane.
0: And I'm going to say this. I mean, obviously, I have a hard-on for trains, planes, and automobiles. And, sure. and, and only the lonely because they're very good mm-hmm. but one of the movies and I, I'm going to say it's going to be one of the movies where he's not the main actor but he's so enjoyable in the movie is Blues Brothers mm-hmm. I love him as that uh, officer who's just hunting them hunting down, down relentlessly and then they're at the uh What is it? The the Palisade. Yeah, at the the venue. Also, (laughs) like surrounded by officers, but they're going to sit and they're going to enjoy themselves and then arrest these guys afterwards. And it's just John Candy there with his whole SWAT team of officers. And he's like, Who wants an Orange Julius? You want an Orange Julius? Orange (laughs) whip.
1: I remember
0: that. An Orange, that's it, an Orange whip. And he's like, What if he has like a
1: shotgun? Like, he's going to storm the stage. He's like, No, no, no. I've never even heard these guys play. Yeah, hey, and he has them clear out a booth for him. They sit down. You want an orange whip? Orange whip. Orange, orange
0: whip? whip. Like get orange, orange whips <laughs> all around. <laughs> he was just so good at that. Just to just to be there to take out the Blues Brothers, and and I loved him in that. And he was just and and one of the things that that I think about in Blues Brothers is you know when they made Blues Brothers Part Two um he wasn't in it because he had already passed away but they kind of give you this this tribute of all the actors who weren't in that movie because they had passed away by then and it was a lot of them john candy included um i think james brown had passed away by then as well of course obviously bellucci had definitely passed away by then (laughs) but uh it was just this smattering of all these great actors who weren't in, in part two i remember that's right john candy is, is not in it because you know he's no longer with us but gotta I, I love him in blues brothers and sometimes it's some of his smaller parts that i also just really enjoy you know because his part in blues brothers was was decent it wasn't huge but it was still very rememberable and very enjoyable. And and I love you know, I think John Candy's just one of the best um, out there. And he and he really is kind of an inspiration, especially for, you know, like me as an actor, you know, being kind of a, a heavy set actor and you know, being able to go out on stage and, and do those things and not worry about, you know, hey, uh fatty on stage, you know. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, John Candy can do it. I can do it, you know. And John Candy was loaded with talent, you know. yeah. Um, So he really is an inspiration on many, many levels. And I really have always enjoyed his work. Uh, And and like I said, I I think it's just so sad and so tragic that that he's not with us today. Um, Because only God knows what other brilliant shows he would be doing or movies, you know. Yeah what kind of comeback he would have had after those stinkers.
1: (laughs) Because he did that a lot. Like he would do something and then it was weird. Maybe it was because of that. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, But whenever he had a movie that didn't do like, that wasn't like immediately like enshrined in the annals of comedy history, people were like, oh, I guess he's done. And then he would have to come back, like, why why do you think I'm done? Yeah, no, and, and that's just one This one one thing I did was not absolute fried gold. You guys acting like I'm over. What's wrong with you?
0: No, you and, and that is very true because he did a, a range of things, not just his acting range, but you know, like a lot of people forget he did voiceover work too. And he even yeah. had his own cartoon show. It was Camp Candy. Um, i remember seeing
1: that as a kid
0: yeah he, i was i was down I'm like i'm gonna i wanna go camp with john candy Hell yeah. yeah camp candy was one of his he was uh one of the voice in the rescuers down under he was also he was a sex robot in in heavy metal yes he was a i was gonna bring <laughs> that up he was that de- he was a sex robot in heavy metal and he yep. was just so good so it he didn't have to just be on film or on stage, you know, he had a very great career and not all actors can do that. Not all actors can do voice work and film work and stage work. Like what he did, you Mm -hmm. know, he truly was a talented man. And it's extremely inspirational to, you know, grow up in the time where I got to see John Candy, you know, um, Truly great. I think the only thing that I think probably worked out well, but mm-hmm. it probably would have been fun to see him do it anyway, is originally John Candy was supposed to be in Ghostbusters. I don't That's know if you right. know this. He yeah, was he was supposed to be in Ghostbusters.
1: He was going to be. Uh, he was going to be Tully. Yeah, and he was going to be right? Tully. He
0: was going to be the key man. Yeah, yeah, and what ends up happening, I think he wasn't really feeling it, and then he made some um, suggestions to Ivan Reitman about, you know, I would consider if maybe we do uh, X, Y, and Z. And I think one of them was like if he spoke in a German accent. I think Ivan Reitman had had wrote him back and said, you know, uh, thank you for your input, but uh, we're going. I don't think out. I don't think we're going to do that. And they went with Rick Moranis, who I I'm not taking anything away from Rick Moranis. He no, was he was great, great as the key master. Do you think, do you think
1: uh, Candy walked away, or they or Ryman decided he didn't want him? It was. Not, not, I'm not. I'm not throwing salt on the wound. I'm not calling anyone the mm-hmm. villain. Like, which, which do you think that was? Because I, I know my what my guess would be.
0: Okay, so what what I know from the interview? Okay, is that um, Candy. Originally got the script and was not feeling the script. It, it's my understanding from the interview that he fully didn't understand the concept of Ghostbusters that was happening. So yeah. when they approached him about doing this part, he wasn't really feeling it. And so yeah. he said, Well, maybe if we do these changes. And Ivan Reitman said, No, you know, this, this character, the key master, is pretty solid we don't want to change it. And then gave Candy that response that we don't want to make these changes and Candy walked away at that point. Okay. So he, he, so he made the decision to walk away. So it wasn't Ivan Reitman. It was just Ivan Reitman politely telling him, hey, look, you know, we're, we're happy with the way this character is going. And if we do your changes, we feel, I think he had quote said, we feel it would be a little bit over the top to make those changes. Uh, and... And it just kind of uh, ended out on that note. My
1: my guess here is that he read it, and he got he he, he read the part of the keymaster. He called up Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I was like, okay, if if it's a keymaster, it's a, it's a it's a lock and key situation. The joke is clear here. She's like, oh, definitely. So we should have a se-. She's like, we should have a sex scene. Yes, we gotta, it's it's a lock and key, guys. You know how those work. Mm-hmm. We gotta have a we gotta have a fuck scene. Yeah. And was, I'm not saying nasty, tasteful nudity. That's what I think they were both like. That's what we need to do. That's just the right call here. Um, they were all for it, and they were like, ah, no. And I think so Gordon Weaver gonna walk too. And he was like, no, no. And John Candy, like being the bigger man. I think you should say, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. I think you should stay. Have fun. You should do it. I'm gonna go be in the music video.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? That that's one you of the see? things that they they talked about is that even though he was not in the movie, that he did make an appearance in yep. the Ghostbusters video because yep. he was originally Very supposed to be part of it, and uh, they did so want I him. I think
1: he's in. The, I think he's dressed as a character.
0: If I remember correctly. Um, he, he's kind of dressed up in it and he's in one of the square frames in the, in the yeah. video, but a it, bunch
1: of just like buddies of theirs, because this doesn't look like it, it's not people from the movie. Like Chevy Chase appears in it.
0: Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's actually of going ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> like- it's actually a lot of star-studded people in there, including at the end, they do have the cast in there. They do have, uh, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray, um, and, um. The the
1: uh, if you ever watched uh, for the listeners at home, if you ever watched the real Ghostbusters way back mm-hmm. when, the original cartoon um, they have this thing in the opening credits where it has the Ghostbusters walking uh, walking down the street and people are and throwing they're doing their little dance and then there's this weird little walk mm-hmm. that weird little walk comes from the music video where they are doing it with mm-hmm. Ray J. Parker walking through New York and I think if I remember correctly, it's not a parade. People are just actively ignoring. <laughs> yes, it was. It that was, is, it was a weird
0: box just scene this from. little weird ghostbuster dance. But all before they, they get to that, it, it really was these stars that were just appearing in uh, kind of like a Hollywood square almost type of thing. John Candy, Chevy Chase. Uh, they had a few other people who just randomly popped up. And I was like, OK, yeah. Uh, and Chevy Chase had absolutely nothing to do with the damn thing, but yeah, <laughs> but I think I understand the John Candy thing because he was originally. I think they really, uh, from my understanding, they wrote the role of the keymaster for John Candy specifically, yeah. and and he wasn't feeling it, and and that's fine. But it also goes to show, you know, what a great relationship they had. That even though hey, you weren't in the movie, you want to be in the music video. Yeah, he's in the music podcast. video, yeah. you know, there's yeah. no hard feelings, no one's upset, and yeah. and he's still like, you know what, I'm there, you yeah. know, with Ray Parker Jr. and everyone else, I'm there.
1: And I absolutely believe, uh, I believe that, not about everybody from that from that time period, not from all the people that were big at that time, but I, for, between Dan Agra and John Candy, Absolutely, I just. Oh I, yeah, I know they were bros. They were absolute bros. They have they been like, like no hard feelings 20. at all, man. We still on for Saturday?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, we got D D on Saturday. We're good. But there you go. we, uh, we got we got some palm readings and everything that's else. Yeah, we're we're all good. I think I you think Dan
1: Ackroyd being dragged to a football game and then John Candy dragged to a seance. <laughs> yes, you
0: know, right. <laughs> like, and, and and then and of course Dan pulls out his uh, crystal skull vodka, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which but I fried that. I've tried that. Have you ever had that? That's actually, it's a decent vodka. It's vodka. I hate vodka. Yeah, I, I get
1: it. But I can't have vodka without like some property damage. Yeah.
0: I, I know, like, I, I get Something that happens. I, I, I feel you. I totally feel you. But it's not a bad vodka. I'm going to tell you that. So that's my little... Uh... Shout out to Dan Aykroyd's vodka right there. It's it's not bad. It's not. But yes, him and and John Candy are great. But that's kind of the beauty. John Candy is great with all these brilliant actors. Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, um, you know, just by himself. The, you know, him and Martin Short, you know, they're just Mm -hmm. great actors. Him and Eugene Levy. Um, Yeah. And he's just. We did not talk about Armed and Dangerous. There's we did not. No, no I, I don't think there's
1: John Candy and, and Eugene Levy out uh, as out there fighting crime about it.
0: <laughs> but you know what? That's something me and you should uh, uh, put into our, our future show as just like secret gems that we love, you know, or something
1: like That's that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, Here, like here's a list of stuff. Like, go do yourself a favor if you have like a you have the day off. Mm-hmm. Digitally download this this movie or that movie and enjoy. Or you know things that i i not enjoy
0: but maybe hate watch yeah <laughs> yeah Nothing but trouble oh, we, watch. we need we're gonna have to do a hate watch episode i, I really <laughs> feel we need to do a hate watch episode there. Oh. uh that that would be brilliant you know like watch this and hate yourself for watching it <laughs>
1: let, let let these things
0: be uh you'll get something from it yeah <laughs> you,
1: you'll, you'll learn re- what not to do or you'll learn like uh you know are saying about when I'm telling a story, I don't need to have giant sweaty troll babies uh right. rubber attacking
0: and people with with di- digital underground as a random appearance, you know. It's like no, keep that. That's a good idea. I'm for that. Okay, that was but... my to this day I I this
1: day I enjoy digital. I got I, I, I got to <laughs> listen to Humpty Dance like that's part of my get up and go music. Yeah. the no. Dance comes on, I'm ready for-
0: Oh, Digital Underground was—they only had a couple of hits though, but they—they they were great with those couple sure. of hits because they had—they did have the Humpty Dance, and of course, they had uh, "Freaks of the Industry." That one was such mm. a good one. Um, but they—they they were someday, good. after this out of COVID,
1: that because that because uh, Humpty Dance is one of my go-to karaoke songs. Nobody expects my ass to bust out with Humpty Dance.
0: With the Humpty Dance, no. I mean,
1: if that... I do if I do Tenacious D, everyone's like, "All right, I see it. That makes sense." If I do some like Dean Martin, they're like, that's a surprise. There you go. But when I do the humpy dance, that's a
0: showstopper. There you go. That <laughs> that brings down the house right there. <laughs> I think I think we need to go when COVID clears up. We need to go out there and have some drinks, do some karaoke. I'll I'll do some Elvis and you can do some digital underground. San, it's a party. It sounds <laughs> like it. It sounds like it. Well that ladies and gentlemen, is our tribute to the legendary John Candy. And I know we probably did not do that man justice the way he deserves it. But awesome. No, it's not. And you know what? You can give him a day. You can give him a week. It's just not good enough. Uh, if you're a fan, we haven't told you anything you didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: if you are a fan of us and you've never, never really thought about John Candy beyond like you saw a movie and you enjoyed him or you you didn't even realize he was there. Here's a great opportunity to go and, and see some like truly deservedly placed mm-hmm. uh, great great comedy. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, that ends our tribute to John Candy. Uh, as always email us. Let us know. Let us know if you're a John Candy fan. Let us know what your favorite John Candy movie is, if you have one. Or maybe you know a classic John Candy skit that you'd like to share with us. Uh, yeah, we'd I'm love to get on. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll look. We'll watch. And, and maybe there's something that you know that we don't know. And we'd love to learn that. So definitely email us at Carlo. I don't remember. Okay, excellent. Uh, email us at our fabulously forgettable email, which is thevcrshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thevcrshow at gmail.com. And follow us on our latest platforms, because now we have uh, what do we have, Carlo? We have a Twitter. We are at thevcrshow,
1: uh, all in word. And I believe it's also the
0: same on Instagram. I got it. <laughs> yes, we're, we're on Instagram. and Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Tweet, yeah. tweeter where i'm sorry i had a bad allergic reaction this weekend so my mouth is all kinds of weird but yes on and those platforms <laughs> on those this, platforms,
1: this became this almost became the and carlo podcast
0: yes it's like <laughs> the carlo show with carlo Magagna, because vada die <laughs> vada <laughs> is literally with john Candy right <laughs> He's giving me yeah, a lot I was like, that was horrible. So uh yes, follow us on our platforms. Remember to follow us on our many, many other platforms where you can find us, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Rocketcast, and so many others. And quick shout out to our listeners out in Germany, Ireland, and Singapore. We were not expecting that. <laughs> we really were nah, not, no. No, so uh Eringo <laughs> Brought. Like he- <laughs> Aaron go bra.
1: Don't don't yes, go ahead. We have not posted anything on Twitter uh, or
0: Instagram. No. We are just there. <laughs> we, we, we exist. <laughs> and we will, when we think of something. Yes. And we, we, and we think that our existence is good. <laughs> so uh, acknowledge our existence by joining us and liking us. And again, uh, Dunkashan, Erin go bra. And until next time I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you've been listening to VCR. You were listening to VCR, creative content by Richard Christopher Butta and Carlo Manuel Magana. The logo is created by Richard Christopher Butta with assistance from Annie Ramirez. The theme song is The Messenger by Silent Partner and can be found on YouTube Sound Library.